Hi everyone, this is Pastor Brett from First Baptist Church here in Cherryvale, Kansas, and I want to welcome you to our Cherryvale First Baptist Church sermon podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to you through His Word for His people. If you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to join us for our celebration service every Sunday morning at 1045. It's a great time of praising our Lord and hearing from Him. We are just a group of passionate followers of Jesus Christ with a desire to worship Him and take His message of hope to the heartland. If you want to find out more information about our church, you can look at our website, www.fbcherryvale.org. My sermon will begin in just a moment, and thanks again for listening. Well, dear friends, this isn't easy for me this morning. Why? Because we're at a major crossroads. I tried several times this week to create a sermon for today. The next one in our series that should have been called From Slaves to Sons. It was based on the first part of Galatians chapter 4. But the Holy Spirit, He wouldn't allow me to go down that path. So this morning we're going to be off topic. With that said, I invite you to find your Bibles and turn in them to Genesis chapter 12. As you're turning there, one of the hardest struggles any Christian has is knowing what God is telling them to do. Whether God is saying to stay, stay where you're at, do what you're doing, or He's saying to move. I got another assignment for you, another place for you to go. The struggle of wondering and not knowing, is this God? Is He the one speaking this to me? Or is it the family pressure that's putting this on my mind? Or is it simply my own desires that I'm listening to? Maybe you've been fasting and praying, and though you may be walking in the will and the way of God, you're still not hearing clearly from God. You're not hearing about what He wants you to do and where He wants you to go. The first thing I must say in this, friends, is if you're not walking in the will of God, you need to understand God is not ever, He's never going to raise His voice to you. If you're not close enough to God to hear Him whisper to you, then you're always going to be wandering, wandering out in the middle of nowhere. Because, friends, God is only speaking to those who are close enough to hear. God doesn't have to raise His voice to talk to the people that He wants to talk to. No. God says, if you're really interested in hearing from me right now, you must move everything, get every encumbrance, everything that's not like me, get it out of the way, get it out of your life. Meaning, you need to get everything out of your life get rid of it all get rid of anything that might be blocking you from hearing God's voice you need to serve an eviction notice on all of that stuff in your life on everything that doesn't please God and everything that doesn't honor God that's hindering you from properly being aligned with the spirit of God I heard it once said you can't bring treasure in until you take the trash out. God, He won't. He can't bless your mess or my mess. And to ask God to bless this or to bless that before you've gotten rid of all that dead weight, before you've let it go, it invalidates the promise of Him moving on behalf of those who will seek His face. And should you still expect God to bless that? Well, that's kind of like throwing fertilizer and dirt and water on concrete and expecting grass to grow. It won't work. Church, you all know that there's stuff that God has to do, right? Yeah, sure. Once we've alleviated, once we've evicted every impediment, then we can move on to the fact that maybe, just maybe, this just might be a test from God. Have you ever had this happen to you? It, it has to me. And after you remove everything that could come in the way, removed all of that stuff in your life, the stuff that doesn't please God, you got it out of the way, out of your life, away from your path, and then nothing. 
And you're left asking, why am I not hearing from God? Why do I not hear as I think I should? God, why would you let me this close to you and still you don't tell me exactly what you want me to do? Why? Why? Because every now and then, God will set you up for this thing called a faith move. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. This is a faith move. What's a faith move? It's when you don't know exactly, precisely, specifically what the Lord's saying, but you know that the Lord that He's saying to you, just start walking and I'll show you along the way. And friends, there are times, there are moments, there are instances in our lives where God won't tell you in detail exactly what He wants you to do because He's going to foresee If you will trust Him. Trust Him enough just to move. God's not always going to give you the exact directions. He's not always going to tell you exactly where you're going or where He's taking you. Sometimes God will say to you, friend, you just need to start walking. Get going. Look what the Lord said to Abraham. This is in Genesis chapter 12 beginning in verse 1. He said, now the Lord said to Abram, you go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. God's saying here, Abram, come here. Okay, you need to get away. Get away from this country. Get away from your kindred. Go to the land. I'm going to show it to you. But you have to leave your family. Then I will bless you. And I will make you a blessing. And I will cause others to bless you as well. Now wait a minute, God. Hold on, hold on. God, where am I going? He says, I'll tell you while we're on the way. Meaning, all Abraham has to do is what? He has to leave his comfort zone. That's it. The children of Israel, they had just left the bondage. They were on their way to the land of Canaan. So hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Okay, so we're saying here they left where they were. But understand, they haven't arrived yet where they were going. So where does this put them? Well, I've got to say, according to my calculations, this puts them exactly in between. Have you ever been in between? Where are all my in-between people here? You're the ones seemingly between a rock in a hard place. You're somewhere between kicking the dog and shooting the cat. Maybe you're between going postal and committing suicide. You're stuck between being sick and being healed. Maybe between leaving a career and starting a business. Maybe you're between healing from an old bad relationship and finding peace in a new relationship. Maybe you're between your dependence on a habit or addiction and finding a new life, new joy, new peace, a new hope. Maybe you're stuck between losing your job and still giving to God out of your sacrifice or whatever it might be for you. You see, some of you all, you're still looking at me strange right now this morning like you're already in Canaan. While it's true, you're not back there in Egypt. The problem is this. You haven't made it to Canaan yet. And for those of you that think, well, you are there, friend, you best beware lest you fall. We should all be saying, I'm in between right now. I'm in between already 
and not yet. I'm in between what I used to be and what I'm going to be. I'm in between the lack I had and ultimate prosperity. I'm in between catching the bus and driving my dream car. I'm in between the homeless shelter and my dream house. I'm in between. Is there anyone here who can testify, Pastor, I'm in between. I may be old, I may be ugly, or whatever it might be, but I'm still here. While I have not yet arrived, I did leave where I was. I've got to tell you, friends, I'm tired of Christians who act like they've already arrived. They'll critique the church. They'll critique the pastor, the message, the music, the ushers. They feel as if, oh, well, the Holy Spirit, He has given them a complete download of God's chief operation manual because they're the epitome of perfection personified. But I've got to say, if I send a private investigator to their house, most likely after they investigate them, you know what they're going to conclude? That they too, they're still in between. Friends, I don't care how much you study your Bible. I don't care how much you feel you pray, how much money you make, how much you have in the bank, which side of the tracks that you live on, how much you act like you've already made it. If it hadn't been for the grace of God, all of your stuff, it would vanish. It would be gone. Let's fast forward now to Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Look what it says. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Where were they? They were in between. Just like those Israelites, there are some areas of your life where you're still in between. You say, I'm in process. I'm in between. In between what? In between the bondage that you were in and the promised land. That's a difficult and a precarious place to be when God's got you right there in between. Sure, these Israelites, they had left bondage, but they still had that slave mentality. You see, they'd been down for so long that now they have to adjust. They have to adjust to standing up for themselves and doing what they need to do. They had been miserable for so long that happiness, it was now foreign to them. Maybe you've been in so many jacked up relationships for so long that when somebody, when they finally cross your path, somebody who's halfway decent and you're like, I don't know, you're probably gay, aren't you? You used to be a woman, didn't you? You're married, right? Maybe you, you've been broke for so long that when you finally do get some money, you're just scared to buy anything. But God says to you, you've got to adjust to your new season. Forget that bondage. Forget what's back there. Forget the negativity of the past. It's this new time in your relationship and in your friendships. Maybe you've been praying and fasting. You've worked hard. You've finished college. You had to sell everything that you had to open a new business. And now others, they try to make you feel bad. Why? Because they're the ones that are stuck in neutral. And you, well, you're on your way. Friends, you can't feel bad because you left Egypt and they want to stay in Egypt. They want to stay right there in their comfort zone. Sure, Egypt is bondage, but for them, it was comfortable. 
Egypt was a place to sleep. You were guaranteed three meals a day. Now you've got to leave this bondage and you've got to take a chance. Up ahead is what? It's uncertainty. But what else is up there? See, God's up there. He's up there. Back there was comfort, but you were in bondage. Now someone may say, don't go. You need to stay here. We'll take care of you. You're better off here with us than anywhere else. Now, look at our story. God, he did what? He raised up Moses. And he says, Moses, I need you to lead these people, to get them out of here, to get them out of this bondage that they're in. And I want you to help them to grow in a new direction. Moses, you have to understand, this is going to be the hardest pastorate of all time because you have to change their thinking. You have to change the way these people think. Those who have been in bondage for so long need to change. You see, most people miss the exodus. They miss the exodus. They miss the way out because they think about themselves having to physically leave. For the Israelites, it was easy for them to leave physically. But their struggle, it came in the fact that their minds didn't leave with them. Leaving physically wasn't the issue. It was changing how they thought about themselves. I heard it once said, they, it said, they said, take a group of people and demoralize them and their thinking, and you won't have to keep them down. They'll keep themselves down. Moses was dealing with a group of people who had a faulty mindset. They had left Egypt, but understand, Egypt hadn't left them. But God wants to say, you're free now. Come on, people. It's a new season. God said to the Israelites, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this cloud during the daytime. And I'm going to give you this pillar of fire at night. I'm going to clothe myself in this cloud. Don't miss this because many people really preach this wrong. It was not a cloud and a pillar of fire. It was not a plural thing. It was a single cloud that turned into the fire at night. Some of you, you've been watching two sources for far too long. God's saying to you this morning, to you and to me, I may come to you in different ways, but understand it's still me. Sometimes I'll deal with you in the night in one way, and then in the daytime of your life in another way, but it's still me. And your problem is this. You've been looking to two sources, you and your spouse, you and your family, you and your job, you and whatever it is, and God says, no, understand, it's me. Sometimes I'm your job. Sometimes I'm your bank account, but it's still me. Most of y'all are missing the point. No matter how you got your blessing, it was God that gave it to you. Can God bless you through your job, through somebody else, a stranger, an unexpected check that comes in the mail, a check you didn't deserve or expect? Can he give you a house on bad credit? Sure, but understand it's still God. Going back to that cloud in the daytime and the fire at night, God says, here guys, here's how it's going to work. The cloud when it moves, you move. When the pillar of fire moves, you move. I imagine it like this. The cloud is up there in the sky moving along. So the people, they're walking behind the cloud. They're just walking along. Millions and millions of people, probably about three million people, walking behind this cloud. What a sight it must have been. And then if the cloud stops, they stop. They unpack. They get the beds out, they get a job, they get some food, and they just chill. But then all of a sudden, as they're cooking or washing or whatever they're doing, the cloud, it begins to move again. And it's time to roll, pack up and go. Sometimes it was in the middle of the night, the pillar of fire, it would be there. Then all of a sudden, pew, it would start moving. It's three in the morning, they had to pack. Wake up, y'all, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, the fire's moving. Moving where? Wherever God wanted it to go. Does that preach to anyone today? Does it? 
Why? Because God never said where he was going. Or maybe if he did for you, he didn't tell you how he was going to get you there. When we look at the Exodus, did you ever notice God leads them in the wrong way? Now understand, that's not the wrong way in the spirit, but it's the wrong way across the land. You see, what looks wrong to man just might be right to God. If you study geography, you'd know that the shortest route to the land of Canaan was through the territory of the Philistines in the direction of Beersheba. That was the shortest route to where they were going. But the route chosen by God was southeast towards Sinai. Why? To avoid a possible militaristic confrontation with the Egyptians. Because that probably would have encouraged those people, those with the shallow minds, those with that tunnel vision, to just simply turn around and go back into the bondage. Church, we just need some people to thank God for what they've missed. I mean, understand, you always thank God for what He brought you or what He brought you out of in your life. But every now and then, friends, we need to thank God for the stuff that He led us around, for those challenges that we never had to meet. I told some of you about this, but it was several months ago. It was the day I had to take Stephanie to Joplin for her first biopsy for her cancer. I just felt as we were having lunch, we were sitting there talking. I said, we're going to go home a different way. We're going to go up across 400. Now, I didn't know why I was doing that, but I felt God saying, go home this way. So we did. Understand, when we got home that day, we heard of a head-on fatal accident on that same stretch of road we would have been on at that very same time we would have been at that spot on the road. Does that preach? You bet it does. Thank God for leading us around on a different route home, for keeping us out of harm's way. God's not finished with us yet. Not me and not you. He's done that so many times for us. And friends, I'm so thankful that he's done that. Is there anybody else here who can thank God, not just for what you went through, but the trouble that you avoided because he shielded you? Maybe you woke up late. And on that morning, you missed a tragic accident. Maybe you worked late. Well, you were supposed to go to the bank, but you didn't get there. But you would have been there at the same time the bank was getting robbed. You don't know what you missed, what God protected you from. But you were probably frustrated. You were upset. But understand, God was in control. You see, he knew you couldn't handle it. So what did he do? He took care of it his way. And just know, there are some things that you may go through that somebody else, should they, they would have lost their mind. Let me just close with this. When you allow God to lead your life, you need to be responsive to what he's calling, what he's asking you to do, and not be frustrated when he calls an audible in your life. We must be sensitive to the Spirit's leading and realize we're going to be asked to do things that may not make sense, that may not be exactly what we had wanted, what we expected, or what we desired to happen. But we must be obedient nonetheless. When God says move, we must move. To remain where we are is to ignore God's leading. It would be fruitless and would even be disobedient to God. As for me and my house, when God says move, we respond with a piece of knowing that he's got this. Friends, what's he asking you to do? That's all I've got for this morning. Let's pray.
I want to thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that this message somehow has touched you and created within you a passion for action for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or you need to make any decisions or you just need to talk to someone, I encourage you to contact your local pastor. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a local church, you may contact me through the church office at 620-336-2777. We'd love to see you on Sunday mornings in church for our celebration service. It's a great time of fellowship and worship of our Lord and Savior. Come join us. We know you'll be blessed. And thanks again for listening to the Cherryville First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. And have a blessed day.